Today we hear a familiar story of the prodigal son, and it is ostensibly about repentance. But if we examine the dynamics a little more closely, we can better understand the process for our own lives. It would be all too easy to say, well, I haven't done that, so I'm okay. But that would miss the point. On the outside, what looks like catastrophic failure, followed by monumental repentance, would allow us to dismiss it if we didn't look more carefully. We know the story. The young man gets his inheritance, goes off to a distant country, and spends it in wild living, and then he finds himself destitute. The economy goes bad. All his friends abandon him, and he finds himself feeding slop to the pigs. And that's when he comes to his senses. He says, boy, aren't my servants, the servants in my father's house, taken care of better than this? I'm going to go back. Now, on the surface, that may seem very materialistic and opportunistic. It's tough out here. I'm going to go home with my tail between my legs. But that's not exactly what the father saw. The father saw something in his heart change. And that's why he welcomed back so lavishly with a ring, with a robe, with a fatted calf. That's one extreme. The materialistic extreme. Now his brother comes in from the field and he hears all this celebration and this partying, and he's upset. What's going on? And when he finds out, he's not just upset, he's angry. You never did this for me, and I've been a good boy, and I've obeyed you all the time. And you never killed a fatted calf for me. And Father says, you're always with me. What I have is... Well, all that I have is yours. Please, come in. Your brother was dead. Now he's alive. And there we see the other extreme. Legalism. So how can we deduce something out of this for our own lives? Well, in the book we've been reading, The Orthodox Way by Callistus Ware, he points out something very important that we must remember about ourselves. First of all, he says the spiritual way proves to be a path of repentance in the most radical sense. Metanya, the Greek word for repentance, means literally change of mind. In approaching God, we are to change our mind stripping ourselves of all our habitual ways of thinking. We are to be converted, not only in our will, but in our intellect. We need to reverse our interior perspective to stand the pyramid on its head. There's a lot of material in that book, and it's very pithy and deep and hard to wade through. But he tells us something about our special place in the place of creation. He says, first he created the material world, the rocks, 
the moon, the sun, the stars. And then he created a spiritual world. He had the angelic powers, the cherubim, the seraphim, two distinct realms. Then he created us, physical, material, and spiritual, and that's where the rub comes in. Because we have to incarnate God's power and God's being. So he says we are made of body, soul, and spirit. And God has given us a conscience. And the conscience guides us and tells us how to be a person. It's not just something attributed to society or the way we were raised. Everybody is given a conscience. But with our soul, man engages in scientific or philosophical inquiry, analyzing the data of his sense experience by means of his discursive reason. We have a soul, animals have souls, plants have souls, in the sense that it makes us alive. It makes us breathe. It makes us move. We alone have this ability for discursive reasoning and abstract thought. But with his spirit, which is sometimes termed the noose or spiritual intellect, he understands eternal truths about God or about the inner essence of created things, not through inductive reasoning, but by direct apprehension or spiritual perception. So we got the body, we got the soul, and we have the spirit or noose, this part of us, this divine spark that God has placed into us. And all three of those make us a quite unique creature. Our human nature is thus more complex than the angelic and endowed with richer potentialities. Potentialities for success, but also for potentialities for taking off the road, one direction or another. We're not trying to deny the material. We're not trying to fight against it. We're trying to keep everything in its proper order so that we can worship God and praise God. He says that we are created in God's image and his likeness. Image denotes potentiality for life in God. Likeness, his realization of that potentiality. So, where did the young man go wrong? Well, there's lots of allegories in this parable, and you can squeeze a lot out of it. But his basic mistake was, was with his will. He decided, I'm going to do things my way, and I'm going to take my resources. And it worked for a while. He went out, he had fun, he partied, he celebrated. What it looked like to him that he was still alive and that he was still functioning fully as a human being. But something had died in him. His connection to his father to his father's house, to who he was as a person. 
something had died. So when he finds himself in trouble, pain causes him to come back and to rethink. When his body now was suffering, his mind awoke and he said, hmm, something's not right here. Now, do we have to go to that extreme before something inside of us dies? What we're talking about with the prodigal son is extreme materialism. But it doesn't take extreme materialism to feel dead on the inside. It can be selfishness. It can be anger. It can be jealousy, gluttony, pride. All those are kind of manifested in the prodigal son's actions. But we always don't experience the consequences that he did to that extent. But we don't need to go to the extreme to start walking down that road. So there's a message for each of us in this parable. For little kids, the message is you got to learn how to share. Starts on the material level. You have to have a heart of wanting the other person to have as much joy as you. For college students, it has to be that you have to learn how to trust. The scariest thing in your life right now is the future. You don't know what's coming. You don't know whether you're going to marry Prince Charming or Princess Charming or have a good life or have a good job. You've got to learn how to trust, to let go of control and to have faith in God and to follow Him. For us older folks, we have to learn, after all our years of experience of having learned how to share as children, having seen God's providence in our life, we have battle scars. We have to learn how to forgive. We have to learn how to love. On the one extreme, we see the prodigal son, totally materialistic, went down the wrong road. But he repented. He said, no, this isn't what God created me to be. And he returned to his father's house. But we go back to the father's house and we find the older brother who's doing the right thing. He's obeying the law. He's a good boy. But he too is dead. Because he does not have love. Mother Mary of Paris writes, However hard I try, I find it impossible to construct anything greater than these three words. Love one another. Only to the end and without exceptions. Then all is justified and life is illumined. Whereas otherwise it is an abomination and a burden. She goes on in another quote, the bodies of our fellow human beings must be treated with more care than our own. Christian love teaches us to give our brethren not only spiritual gifts, but material gifts as well. Even our last shirt, 
our last piece of bread must be given to them. Personal almsgiving and the most wide-ranging social work are equally justifiable and necessary. The way to God lies through love of other people, and there is no other way. At the last judgment, I shall not be asked if I was successful in my ascetic exercises or how many prostrations I made in the course of my prayers. I shall be asked, did I feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the sick and the prisoners? That is all I shall be asked. This upcoming Lent is an opportunity to get us <coughs> corrected, to have an adjustment made, just like a chiropractor adjusts us, to get us back working right. It's a chance to get back in harmony with the material world and with the spiritual world, to stay on balance. You can see how complex we are. You can see how much can go wrong. You can see what a struggle it is to stay on track. His, meta his metanya, his repentance, was to come to himself as he was. And he didn't say, oh, I'm just doing it so I can have three square again. He said, I can have three square, but I can be alive again. Because right now I'm dead. So may God enliven all of us during this great period of Lent that we are now approaching. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.